Hello, welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers official podcast. This is episode eight. Today I'm joined by Tom Cauldron. Hello, Tom. Hello. And I'm also joined by Tom Lovell as well. Hello, Tom. Hi. Hello, both both the Toms. <laughs> yeah. So we, we're part of the uh, Board Games Club in Sheffield and we play lots of different board games. We meet twice a week in, uh, in Sheffield to play games. So we're going to talk about some of the games we've been playing recently. Uh, we've also got a question of the week as well, which is uh, gaming over the holidays. What kind of games are you going to play over the holidays? Uh, but first of all, I've got some quite exciting news. I met Ian Livingston, one of my mm-hmm. gaming heroes. Uh, Ian's the guy who uh, wrote the Final Fantasy books. Not the Final Fantasy, Fighting Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, very different. Uh, if you remember those, the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure game books. Uh, and that's why I was in Leeds. He was doing a book signing. Uh, there's a new one just been released uh, so he was there uh, doing the signing for that. So I, w- I went down to to see him and say hello. It, it was a really interesting evening. He it was in a um, like a little bookshop, uh, and upstairs there was a, a little cafe, and he, he, we went up the, there and he did a, like a little presentation. He'd got a projector, so he gives a bit of the history of the of the books themselves and of him. Uh, obviously, I've had, he's had a long a long career. Um, he started off. He was one of the first importers of Dungeons and Dragons into the UK. So that's how he started out. He was importing it from the US and then selling it in the UK. Uh, and then from there, he opened Games Workshop with uh, Steve Jackson. Uh, sold that in 1991. And move on to other things, uh, video games. He'd been involved with Tomb Raider. Uh, and, and from there, all sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, it was great to meet him. He did a little presentation. Uh, did a bit. Obviously, we had a Q&A session, so there were a few, few people there sort of answering questions and things. And then after that, he, we went downstairs and he did a book signing. Uh, I took some of my old fighting fantasy books that I've got, the oh, um, the ones that I had when I was a kid, yeah. <laughs> I definitely had um, quite a few of those. They were a big part of my childhood. Yeah, yeah, and I uh, got him to sign one and also picked up a couple of, of new ones as well. Um, so that was that was really good. He's a he's a really nice really nice chap. I, I enjoyed meeting him and saying hello, and he, he gave an interesting sort of talk on the on the history of the books and everything. So yeah, it was really good. Did you always do the uh, the thing with those where you had like five fingers in in holding yeah, places that you yeah could... the five finger bookmark <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah so, so you weren't quite doing it the uh, the right way but yeah, say, yeah. I'll, I'll make that choice oh no i won't make the choice i'll go i'll go left <laughs> instead of right i think everyone did that i i found out as well that you can uh, download these are all apps now so you can download them uh, on your tablet or on your phone so if you don't have the physical books oh, yeah. and you don't want to do the bookmark thing, you don't have a dice handy or a pad, you know, for writing your character sheet down, you can uh, download them. You can play them on on uh, on iPhone, Android. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, the old school, obviously, the the books are still in print. They're all still in print. They've all been reprinted, so you can pick up any of them now. The Warlock of Firetop Mountain was the first one. Oh, and yes, I think the latest one is Assassins of Valencia, I think. So I, I got a couple of those. I think it's uh, because of gaming in general. It's, it's getting a bit of a, uh, a resurgence in the, in the interest in these kind of yeah, things. Yeah, I've seen a couple of um, I've done a couple of Choose Your Own Adventure games based on the old Choose Your Own uh, Adventure book. Yeah, I don't know if that was that was that the same authors or was that a separate thing? I can't remember. There have been quite a few. Yeah, uh, but anyway, I haven't I haven't actually I haven't actually tried the game. I think we had a, a look at it at Expo, mm. but we haven't um, haven't actually played it. I don't know if any of you have. Seen it? Is that the um, oh, what's it called now? It's got like the, a white box. Yeah, the the box uh, sort of mimics the art from the books. If you remember the old Choose Your Own Adventure covers. Yeah, I, I have actually played that. Yeah, there's there's two out. I've played the first one, Mystery of Something. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I played the first one. It's it's basically uh, 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 the book, but on cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so each paragraph is on a card. Uh, and you just flick to the card to read the next bit. So it, it was a bit strange in that regard that it's kind of, it is just as, exactly the same as a choose your own adventure, basically. But, you, you know, you get you get cards instead of having it a book. So it, it was a bit weird that way. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good story. A bit, a bit different to the escape, escape room ones. I was expecting it to be more puzzly and more mm-hmm. escape room, but it wasn't like that. It was more like the choose your adventure and choose like which path you wanted to go down. And you got different items and things and... Yeah, there was a bit of combat with fighting and things. Uh, so, what, so what have you guys been up to? Uh, well, the big thing I've had in uh, my gaming life is uh, a weekend where I went down to Nottingham for uh, 
an event called Protospiel. There's been lots of these um, going on around the world. There's a few of them happening in America, uh, but they're all called Protospiel. But what it is is uh, lots of aspiring designers bringing along their prototypes and just spending all day playing each other's prototypes. And it's it was an intense day. Um, I played a lot of people's games and was expected to have an opinion about them. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> so it was just. Did you have opinions? I did. Yes, I had opinions. Um, and it, but you just constantly bombarded with all these ideas coming at you from every direction all day. Mm. It was it was a really um, sort of rich experience, but it was exhausting. I was knackered by the end. Uh, but there's so many people. Very much like a large meal kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> but it was, it was fascinating doing um, all these different games. So many ideas out there that I haven't seen in um, uh, published games yet. So there's still lots of innovation still to come. It's great. It's a fantastic experience, really. Uh, I played a couple of my games there, obviously. but uh... I'd wanted to go, so I'm I'm massively jealous of that. Well, yes. Because... Life, life had happened, and it was just not a possibility for me to go. So it sounds like for next year, I need to get my life in order and make sure I go. They are planning to do it uh, again next year, and I'm sure there'll be other events similar springing yeah. up around the place. So yeah, if you do get a chance to go to one of these, definitely go. If you've got a design you're wanting to test, it gets really thoroughly tested by people who uh, know what they're, they're talking about and are prepared to rip it apart, which is great. Yeah. Well, you've got stuff at the playtest zones in conventions such as, I think, HandyCon do them, um, Aircon, obviously yeah. UK Games Expo. But it's, it, I, I mean, how does it compare to where you've got almost anyone who turns up for the playtest UK-based sessions and the protospiel? Is it designers go to the protospiel and so therefore they're really onto their gaming and how to give good constructive feedback uh, it was definitely um, a more concentrated uh, level of design knowledge there i mean when you just sit down for a, a table at playtest uk thing at the expo or whatever then you tend to have general punters grabbed and sat down next year and obviously they know the games but they've not sort of been properly into the design side of it and they might go yeah that's good but whereas um the level of detail and knowledge about what which tiny cog here and there is uh, going wrong or going right is uh really great i mean um were you at the the book that ian livingston was uh, doing is that the one he's written with hmm. james wallace because they've done one about um, sort of the history of board games, I think. Yeah, he was selling that there as well. Board games in 100 moves with James Wallace. Yeah, James Wallace. He was one of the uh, designers there, trying an interesting-looking word game. So it was nice meeting him. Uh, was James and Sophie from Needy Cat Games there? I believe so. There were a couple of people who were publishers, or representing publishers, uh, and they had a little badge that said publisher on them, so they were very popular to get people. Uh, people wanted them to try their games. I'd, I, I know that uh, I saw in the week afterwards, someone put on Twitter that they'd signed another game, and it was one that I'd seen at that uh, protospiel. So I don't know if they'd done all the deals there. I think it. Yeah. I think Simon and um, Aiden from Durand. Yes, Game they were there. Yeah. there and signed something. There was someone from Alley Cat. Um, I'd been asked if I wanted to go as a publisher, but I'm just not in the place to sign people at the moment. Uh, at the moment, I'm struggling dealing with my own stuff anyway, with um, everything else that I'm getting on with, which I'm sure I'll come to in a bit. So, uh, yeah, you've had a busy few weeks as yourself, haven't you? Yes, having yes. Um, for those listeners who don't know, I've got a new job and it's not in Sheffield anymore. So um, I'll not really be able to say that I'm part of the Sheffield Board Games Club anymore. Um, I've been working in Gloucester and trying to sort of move family. Um, so selling house, buying houses, getting um, new school for my son and everything. It's just been a wee bit mental. And also making sure that I've fulfilled people's orders for the Six Gun Showdown Kickstarter. So it's just been very, very full on. 
but I'm glad it's now the holiday period. And I also hit 40 over the last few weeks. Ah, so congratulations. I'm now lying about my age considerably more than I <laughs> used to. the right word, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Find the just for men and pretend it's not great. It's <laughs> now, 40 is a good age. You're in your best, the prime yeah, of your yeah. life. I would agree with that. <laughs> so, yes, so that, that's been me. Um, I, I was at... Um, as I was down in Gloucestershire and the other joy of living with one's mother at the age of 40 for a few weeks just whilst sorting out relocating. So I went to the Gloucester Board Games Social, which is held at Wednesdays in Gloucester at the warehouse. And so I kind of have been board games clubbing, but just not in Sheffield. Um, and they're a lovely bunch of people. Um, and I played a good number of party games when I was there. So some that I brought along and some... Um, that they had. So, yeah, good bunch of people. Very similar in respects to what happens in Sheffield. They're really friendly. They've got something. Um, they have a meet on the Meetup app. They've got something to sort of attract people. And they've always got one person who's kind of the designated spotter for the evening. Mm. So that if there's anyone new sort of wanders in, looks a little bit lost, they can start directing them to people. And just like in Sheffield, really friendly. Um, and we'll introduce people to games like any place where you're going to game. Getting there nearer to the start helps because people haven't started games. Turning up half an hour in, yeah. there tends to be sort of games playing and you have to wait a little bit before you get to start something. But I ended up playing the first time I was there. I think it was Skull. Um, it was Love Letter. And there was something else which name I've forgotten. Um, but we got through a number of games because they were sort of the, relatively speaking, quicker games. Um, and I really was quite lucky because I got to play Bang for the first time at one of these. And uh, as you know, I've designed a Wild West shootout game mm. and everyone kept on asking me, does it play like Bang? <laughs> I don't know. I've never played it. I now can say I've played Bang and no, it doesn't. <laughs> so, yes, that was good for me. So I've, I've played the dice game. Was it the dice one or was it the card one that you played? Because it's two, I think. It, it, it was the dice one. The dice one, um, yeah. Where, yeah. Where you're... And, and I felt it was very similar to sort of Werewolf slash Avalon. Yeah, it's like a hidden identity type thing. In yeah. so far as whichever character you are, yeah, there's there's the hidden ident- identity, um, but there's kind of the ra- almost a random spray of bullets. Beca- not quite, because whatever dice you mm. roll, that does affect kind of what you're doing but who you're targeting i like i liked the ideas behind it um and thought that yeah it was a nice neat game to just jump into um i think there's a lot more kind of a meta game potentially with a group that you can play with if you are regular players so if you are the sheriff, this is what you're expected to do if you're the renegade this is what you're expected mm. to do and so therefore you might fall into traps of well actually you're acting in x or y type of a fashion so therefore i can deduce what role you are maybe um so i don't know how easy it is for sort of long time games um you said rick in the art spiel that you've been playing planet which i've seen and looks really really tasty yeah what's your thoughts oh is that the one with the magnetic dodecahedron yeah, if Ooh. if you've seen this, um, you probably recognise it. Yeah, you get a, a a giant D12 basically. Big chuffing dice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like a big uh, D12 that's like the size of your fist, and uh, you you kind of stick magnetic tiles onto the side. Um, so I, I managed to pick this up because it was it's quite a cheap game anyway, but it was on special offer, so I, I managed to pick it up for for a bargain price. Um, I haven't played it before, so I just picked it up on a whim. Thought it looked cool. Uh, and it does look cool um, uh, that uh, you, you're kind of drafting these tiles that have got uh, terrain types on them. So it might be snow or desert or forest or something else, uh, a combination of those terrains. Uh, and you're picking a tile out of this draft and then you put putting it onto your planet somewhere. And you can put it anywhere, you can orient it whichever way around you want. And uh, what you're trying to do is there's a row of cards that are set out and the cards will give you points based on the biggest area of snow or the biggest area of ocean that's not touching a forest or that is touching a forest, things like that. So you're trying to work out uh, which tiles you want to take, how to orient them so you can get these areas 
that are going to score you the most points. Uh, uh, and basically, you just draft 12 uh, tiles, put them onto this planet, and then you score it at the end. Yeah, it's, re- it's really streamlined. It plays um, two to four players. It takes about 45 minutes-ish, It's um, so it's fairly quick as well. Uh, it's got a... a, a uh, a good a good toy value because it you, you know it's quite physical you're kind of holding this planet and turning it round and, and trying to get you know the right uh, the right areas you can see all the cards that are laid out uh, that are going to be going scoring so on turn two and three you, you've got an idea of oh there's gonna uh, you know there's gonna be a lot of ocean scoring soon so I need to build up my my ocean areas and things like that so uh, it's not it's not a massively complicated and uh, a long game it's quite a, a family game I think so this is one that you could play with. Uh, you know, pretty much anybody, um, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's 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 good uh, a a good experience to sit down and play it. Yeah, try that sometime. Yeah, that's been yeah that's that's kind of on my list because I've been, and we'll get onto it to the gaming over Christmas, but um, over the holiday period, I've been collecting more um, family friendly games because at, when I'm at home, I have a six year old to play with. Um, nearly seven year old so yes those kinds of things are more appropriate to play with him so um, going back to turning 40 I um, had um, a few games given to me one of which was um, Century Gollum Edition which I seem to recall we discussed uh, a few podcasts back and yes it is entirely (laughs) your fault Rick for saying how pretty it was I played the game I liked it but wasn't so keen on the artwork yeah. And yeah, I went, quite like that one. I like the sound of Dead Sorted Out the Artwork. And you're right. So, yes, I now own that. And it is entirely your fault, Rick. Um, <laughs> but I also picked up Quacks of Quedlinburg, which is a game that I loved and just been playing friends of other people's copies. So that's another one. And yeah. Santorini, which um, we probably haven't talked about. It was friends introduced it to me a few weeks, uh, a few months ago. And it's really nice and easy to play. Um, it's a lovely game. It's a gateway it? game at Tabletop Scotland. So, um, have you two gents played it at all? I have. I've, in fact, uh, Paul and I had that out uh, the other night and had like seven games in a row. Just have a totally <laughs> different um, sets of gods each time. So, which yeah. makes it a completely different game. We could probably describe what it is. Really, it's uh, it's at heart yeah. a um, uh, an abstract game. The basic yeah. thing is you've on your turn you move you've got two um, pieces on a grid uh, and the other player has got two pieces. It's mainly a two-player game, but you can play it more. Um, so on your turn you move one of your pieces, and then next to that piece you build a thing. The the, uh, the towers have a base, a middle, and a top, and then there's yeah. also a dome that can go on top, which can block it off. When you move, you can go up or down. Uh, okay, you can go up one level, uh, or you can move down, or you can move um, sideways. Uh, and the way you re- win by is by finally, after all this moving and building and moving and building, uh, if you ever manage to move one of your people to the top level, the third level of a building, then you won. Unless you've got one of these god cards, which entirely changes the game. So, like, you're moving in a different way, or you're scoring in a different way, or you're preventing the other person from building on some places or something. It's it's created a number of powers that you got because every power that you look at, it, you see, you you go, oh my god, that's so overpowered. Uh, but then your your powers, your god is overpowered, and your opponent's god is overpowered, and so they both end up <laughs> balanced in some crazy <laughs> magic way. Yeah. I don't know how they did it. Well, it's based on the Greek pantheon, isn't it? Yeah, so every um, power is a god. They've got thirty gods um, in there. So, um, with my son, we've been playing just the basic one without any gods to start off with to give him the hang of things. Yeah, and then moved on to just keeping a couple of them. So, uh, recently, I, he was playing with Hermes, which, as everyone knows, Hermes winged boots moves around a lot, so he can your person can move an unlimited amount on their turn as long as they stayed at the same level. That's instead of just moving one space, it can move as many as you like. That's a massive change. As It's a massive change, but the restriction is you can only stay on one level. Uh-huh. So if you can move about on ground level, that's fine. But if you want to go up 
by one level, then it's only move one square up a level. Similarly, whilst you can move down one or two levels at a time, and that's free, if you're going to move down a level, again, you can only move one square. So it's you've really got to plan how you pl how you plan your moving. Even though it's really powerful, you can be blocked because as soon as you've got to move up a level or down a level, then you can't move so much. So people have to work that one out. So that's why someone's playing with those, and I was playing with Hephaestus, the god of blacksmiths, and I, you can build an additional block, so you can go from nothing to two blocks if you wanted to, or one to three. Um, and again, giving you a different tactical element. But that helped my son learn the core principles, because he was able to focus more on how to move, and also knew that I was doing more building and things. And so it's really nice to teach to younger people, because the concepts are so simple, and you can play it without the god cards or add them in and um, add those different levels of thinking involved. Um, I really like it. It's a very it's... good game. And very pretty. Mm. Yeah. Because they've yes. uh, got a completely unnecessary whole big plastic island that you're playing on instead of just a 5x5 grid it's, or 6x6 six six or whatever it is. It's just got this big plastic construction, which is great. Well, to be fair, You've got that big unnecessary plastic construction, but if you just had the board and all the plastic... Oh, yeah, the plastic pieces uh, just look like beautiful white buildings. Houses that you're building. You've got a lot... The, the plastic pieces are really good. Yeah, but I think without the raised board, yeah. it just... I don't think it would have worked. It would work so well. Plus, it makes it really easy that when you're finished, you just slide the board easily and they all come down and... You can and it resets really easily, um, especially if you've got a slit six slash seven year old. They love to just be able to tip it on one side, reset, let's go again. Thank you, Dad. So, um, and I found again, we'll hit on it more later, but as it can be played three player, myself, my wife, and my son can play. And because my son is not quite so good at learning how to block other people so much. There's a bit more squabbling between myself and my wife. She keeps me in check. I keep her in check. And so actually it mm. helps balance more if you've got um, mixed abilities, for want of a better word, or just the fact that they are a youngster mm. and so learning some intricacies with gaming. So I like that element with it can be played three-player as well quite nicely from the box. And it's very quick as well, which is always good. Yes. Have you played this one, really? No, I haven't. No, no, it looks really nice. I'd, I'd like to try it. I but... seem to remember that uh, when it was on Kickstarter, uh, enough people at the club were interested uh, yeah. that they ended up sort of putting in an order for like eight games for a cheaper price or something. Yeah, we ordered a lot all at once. Yeah. 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 So there was a lot yeah, of them around definitely. at some point. Yeah. So I definitely recommend it for people's post Christmas Christmas list. It is a good one. Um, so yes, mm -hmm. one of the other games I've been playing is one that um, turned up in my um, mailbox, which was um, Weird Alchemy, which is a very quick, it, it's basically, it's a deck of cards, there's sort of like 50 um, odd cards in there, um, I think it's 54 or something, really quick to play, um, and it's all about moving cards about between people. Um, trying to get rid of your abominations, your monsters. Mm -hmm. Because if there is an explosion, because the alchemists have screwed up, if you get left with a monster that you get, you play them out of front and you score points. But the aim of the game is to not score points. Um, and you can counteract any monsters if you get all three of a set. But if you don't get the set of three, then they're going to cost you. So I've played it two player, and whilst it works, it's. I think it's a technically it's a two-player game. In reality, once you've got three or more, um, we played it with five people. It, it is much more of a you want a lot of people. So four, five, six, seven, up to eight people. They'd be great for this game, and it's a nice, quick game to play. And as it's a deck of cards, it's really easy to transport. The artwork is beautiful. Um, and yes, as I got the Kickstarter copy, uh, version, I've got the shiny things and all the extra bits. But you've—I uh, seem to remember you showing us this one, yeah, when it was on a Kickstarter. And yeah, the artwork is fantastic. The artwork's really nice. 
the gameplay it does what it needs to. It's not in trying to pretend that it is a um, a heavyweight game. It is something that I can just take with me and go right. I've got a couple of games that can play with lots of people and help fill in the gaps of an evening. Um, great to start things off or finish things off and try to throw weird abominations to different people. So, yes, <laughs> I've been particularly happy with getting that in the post. Um, and I'm, yes, now that it's Christmas break, I'll start getting onto some of our other Kickstarter purchases that have arrived. And, and Quacks of Quedlinburg, I think that that's been copy covered here before. Um, so again, very pretty. I just I just like it, and the fact that I do chemistry as well, it just fits me quite nicely. That you've got <laughs> mad cat, cat chemist. <laughs> so yeah, Quacks is a really good game. Yeah, um, it's the one where you're kind of dig, digging in a bag, isn't it? It's a bag building where you put tokens in a bag and then you pull them out and put them into a into a kind of spiral track to uh, to try and get as many points without blowing up. Uh, yeah. do, have you tried any of the extra books? Yeah, have you just stuck to the, the standard books or have you tried any of the other ones? That is my plan over the coming week or so, was now that the people that I play with have played it, hmm. let's try the different combinations and let and also flip over onto the other side. Yeah. So you've got yeah. two different sides of the card, so where you've got the test tubes and things, because, you know, again, back to the chemist part of me. Like mucking around and sticking stuff in test tubes, that really appeals. So yeah, yeah. it's it's really good that it scales that way. It starts off moderately basic with some like basic tokens with with effects, uh, and then it gets more complicated as you put different abilities in there. And like say, you can flip the board over, and that gives you another option, doesn't it? When you yeah uh, when you're pulling uh, your tokens out and things. So yeah, it's good that it scales and it, it changes depending on. So once you've played it a bit and you've got used to it, you can go on to the next the next bit yeah. then to make it a bit more. Yeah, a bit more exactly. interesting. Yeah. Exactly. That's kind of also why I was mentioning it as well, because it works so well with Santorini. Santorini, with all the different gods, whilst you're playing the same game, hmm. you're not quite playing the same game because of the different combinations that you can use. It's got a lot of variation from just a box. Yeah, it is a good one, that one. I like that one. Okay. Uh, what about you, Tom? What have you been playing? Oh well, uh, I'll just pick out a couple of games that we've. I've, I've tried a um, a few new ones lately. Uh, when we went to the uh, treehouse the other day for our uh, uh, club excursion, it wasn't really an excursion. It was just a club, club <laughs> night where we didn't have the pub. Um, yeah. I just uh, tried several uh, games that I'd been wanting to try. Um, we got out uh, just one. Which is Ooh. an award winner. Yeah, I'd be interested in this one. Yeah, it's a, good. It works really nice. It's just a really simple game, but it's just one that works really well. It's uh, it sort of seems like it must have been done before, and it's sort of similar things have been definitely out there. It's just one person's got to got a word. They don't know what it is. Everyone else does, and they've got to uh, give a clue to that word. To the to the guesser, so the so the clue the the word might be something like um, Moscow. Uh, so everybody secretly writes a word on a uh, on their plastic wipe clean board with their uh, wipeable pen, and then before they show it to the person with the uh, who's got to guess, they compare their words, and anyone who's got the same word that just gets erased. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't get it. So you, you, as the guesser, you might see, uh, if you're playing with four other people, you might see four words. Fantastic. Uh, Russia, city, um, something else about Mule. Moscow. I don't know. <laughs> <Red>. <laughs> Mule, yes. Um, great. Or you might just see one word, because all the others have, <laughs> have, written, have written Russia, and the only person who's uh, got a word uh, unique has written something like... Um, City. So you're just saying city, and you've got to try and get something. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's you've got uh, as a guesser, you've got sometimes where it's really easy, sometimes where it's really difficult. You've got to try and just that little thing of not having uh, to do the same word as someone else means you've got to try and be clever. You've got to try and some think of a way of cluing mm. that which someone else won't do. Um, 
and it works really well. You just work through a certain number of cards, see how many uh, you manage to uh, guess, and then see how many points you got at the end. It, so it's totally cooperative. It moves around who's doing the guessing and who's doing the cluing. Uh, and it goes really quick, and it's really fun, and it's just worked really well. Um, I've so played one go through it uh, the other night, and then um, when we went to the library games event, because uh, once a month the uh, central library, which has a board game section, um, they have a, uh, a board games night there. Uh, they had just one out there as well, so I said, "All oh, right, yeah, I just played this yesterday." Um, but I just I was just watching people play there, and it uh, it it was great because uh, just watching it, it's a very a very good um, spectator game as well. Yeah, because you're watching yeah. it and you think, "Oh, I'd give this clue here," uh, or you're just looking at people's clue and going, "What what what are they trying to say? What would I guess here?" <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's good for it's quite good. Yeah, I, I watched you play it. Yeah, and it yeah. was good fun watching. Which I'll ever think about what clues we're going to give you. Yeah. Similar to code names, really, isn't it? By the sounds of it. Similar, yes, because you've got to try and be clever with, with cluing, but you don't have to. I mean, all you've got to think of is one word to give a indication of one other word. So it's a lot simpler. You don't have to try and link things together or anything. Do, do you think you need quite a lot of players to play this? Um, I think the more the better. I mean, you can play it with a free with three players. I was players. thinking like three and four. Yeah. Said three to seven. Yeah. And I think it'd be best at like five, six, yeah, seven. Yeah. I think it's a good one. Yeah. Cool. Did it win a prize this year? Or was it just nominate? No, I don't. I think it won Spiel des Jahres. I, I think. Yeah. Oh, was that the winner? Before. Yeah. Yes. No, it was the winner mm-hmm. uh, Spiel des Jahres. Um, and having had a look at the um, font of knowledge, which is Board Game Geek, or at least a close enough a font of knowledge. Um, apparently, it was originally called "We Are the Word" um, before uh, Repos Production really? um, bought the rights and adapted it. So, yes, yeah, I think good call there. It's a simple game. All you need is a simple name. It makes it sound really deep and uh, meaningful, but yeah. it's not. It's just a silly quick yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's sounds really good. Yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to play that one. I haven't played it yet, but it sounds uh, sounds quite cool. So, sounds like so. It's one of those yeah, so simple games that you don't really need you don't really need any components to play. You just need like a bit of paper and a pen and somebody to pick a clue. Really. Yeah. Well, well again, yeah. this feels like something that would be great over the holiday hood. I know we keep on dipping into it, but you, it's simplistic rules that people can just basically pick it up unwrap it on Christmas Day morning and then in the afternoon go, right, family, whether you're yeah, gamers or not, just get cracking. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And are they, um, just the rules just make you be slightly clever but discourage you from being too way out there because no one will ever mm. get it. Like I was, um, I was being really uh, cryptic and um, uh, giving a great clue for uh, Unicorn, I wrote Scotland, which is great if you happen to know that the heraldic beast of Scotland is a unicorn. <laughs> if you don't, then I've just I've just <laughs> written a random word which is going to lead you in a totally wrong direction. So yeah, it, you just want to be just just in that middle, that Goldilocks zone of cleverness, mm. which is great. Yeah. Did Did you find that uh, sometimes? What, what was that? A th- was that a quite a common thing where you got more than one clue? Then is it a quite a rare thing because people are trying to you know figure out their own things, or or is, or is it more common? I think that's probably going to be uh, different with different groups, to be honest. Yeah, well, to be fair, just thinking about that, it's like, well, actually, yeah, unicorn. I was thinking, there's lots of thoughts that I had. It's like they're two words or they're three words, and it's like, yeah. So I can imagine how it's that yeah, tricky element of you're restricted to just the one word to use to give the hint yeah and, and you think of the obvious stuff and then you're kind of double guessing yourself because you're thinking oh somebody somebody else will have thought of that as well yeah yeah and then no one to put down the obvious one <laughs> yeah. you're all got, gone for <laughs> scotland <Yes. laughs> uh well one one game that i've played uh, another game that i've played recently is one called plague inc oh yes i played um, this with you yeah yeah this is a... i was gonna say i've only played it on my phone Ah, right, okay. Oh yes, they said it was a adaptation of a 
of a, a an app. Yeah, it, it is. I know it is, it, or was an app or a game of some kind. But this is the board game. I think it is slightly different. Um, it's uh, it's kind of like Pandemic in that um, you've got a board with the world uh, represented on it. Uh, it's split up into areas like North America, South America, Asia, uh, Oceania, things like that. And basically, what you're doing, you're you're the you're the um, diseases in this game, and you're kind of spreading out and spreading all, all over the world. So it's kind of the the opposite of of pandemic, really. So it's not a cooperative game; it's definitely a competitive. Um, you get a, you get a, a board with a with a disease on it or a, a virus, and you get a special power along with that as well, which is quite cool. So everybody has like a slightly different power that you start off with, and you um, uh, you kind of put cubes out onto the board onto these cities trying to take them over it's kind of an area control thing so the more cubes you have there uh, the better but other people are obviously competing for those areas as well and you get points for the areas that control and then you spend those points on upgrades so on your board you've got some spots for some upgrade cards that you can get uh, and th- these are these are things like sore throat sweating things like that but they get the, the more different methods of transmission no, no, these are symptoms, but um, oh, symptoms. Y- yeah, yeah, well, you, you get well, both. Yeah, the, the cheaper ones are quite, uh, are quite, you know, quite um, like cold-like, but they get they get worse as they get more expensive. So you get things like cysts and total organ failure as you get more into the game, which is quite uh, quite amusing to see what what cards are in the deck. It, it's kind of it's a bit of a grim theme, but it's so abstract that it doesn't really. You know, it doesn't feel like you're killing millions of people. It's you know, it's just, you're just putting cubes out on the board, really. So that that was all right. Um, it's quite quite good. One one player's special power was called festering corpses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You uh, you kind of upgrade your um, your abilities throughout the game, and one of the cool things is that you've got some abilities already printed on your player board. You can kind of cover those up. So you might want to keep them because they start off um, quite quite good and quite powerful. But then as you go along, you've got the choice to cover them up if you find something better that you that you like more, or you can leave them uncovered and and, and carry on using them. So there's quite a lot of quite a lot of choice in the uh, uh, in the ways that you can kind of evolve your disease to to spread out and do things. You have you have to give yourself things like um, heat resistance and cold resistance so it can go into certain areas. You have to make yourself either airborne or waterborne so it can spread out a bit quicker. Things like that. So there, are, there, are, there are practical kind of um, abilities that you can give yourself, as well as, as well as the ones that let you spread out a, a bit further. Uh, and basically, you're just playing for points. So um, it keeps going until the uh, country deck runs out, and then uh, everybody there's a round end scoring where you, you get some bonus points for you know having been in so many continents and things like that. And uh, most points at the end wins. So uh, uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed this. It's uh, yeah, it it does look a little bit pandemic, but it plays completely different. It's uh, it's its own game, definitely. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I quite liked the different abilities of all the viruses. We we actually played with the um, expansion as well. So the expansion adds in other things. So I was a fungus, for example, and one of my one of my special abilities was was like a spore a spore attack where I could kind of burst out in. Uh, and a big ball yeah. attack, which is quite cool, and again different to everybody else's. So I quite like the variety of the different um, the the different uh, powers that you had. Um, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. Yeah. I think it um, built up into a very nice. Um, it, it does, yeah. End game. Yeah. It sort of started slowly and sort of kept on getting more and more dramatic as we went through, which is good. Yeah, yeah. It does. It does have quite a good uh, quite a good build up to it because you start off and you're only like one or two areas, but by the end of the game, the board's completely covered. Um, you know, you've got loads of abilities because you got you keep getting points. I, I think you spend those points. Is that right, Tom? Can you remember? You spend the points to get the yes, abilities. Yes, you spend so the points. You, you get points for spreading out and being in control of areas, but then you spend those points to get the abilities. So there's a bit of a trade-off there. Do, do I spend 20 points on this really good ability, but it's going to let me do something really cool for the next couple of turns or whatever? So that's that was good as well. It's got a, it's got a nice little dice in it as well. There's like a little d6 that you roll to try and control the areas, and it's white with like red flecks in it. So that's quite thematic as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it looked yeah. like a really dirty dice that just been picked up <laughs> above a abattoir floor. But yeah, it's it it good. Yeah, I quite I quite like that. I quite like the little, the little touches. Um, so yeah, I, I can uh, I can recommend this one. It was a good go on to play. Uh, I've got this as um, a mobile phone game. And I've played it a few times. Uh, you've got four different levels, so you've got easy, normal, 
brutal or mega brutal and you can play as a bacteria virus a fungus parasite prion nanovirus and a bioweapon and they all play a bit differently but you get the different symptoms which affect your infectivity but also how severe it is and whether it's lethal or not and so the aim for the mobile game is infect the world and then wipe them out because as soon as you start killing people and being nasty to the population, then the human population starts developing a cure for you against whatever disease you are. So it sounds like that won't work for multiplayer game, mm. and they've adapted the principles quite nicely for um, a board game. So I'd be really interested in playing this one, having played the mobile game quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. If you like the mobile game, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, a really good fit. Uh, I think it's published by uh, somebody called Endemic Creations, and I think they're the guys who actually made the game as well. So it, are, it, yeah. it carries on the trend of um, uh, games companies kind of releasing board game versions of their of their games, but not just like a, a rolling dice move on a board kind of thing. You know, they put a lot of thought into it and made it a, a really good game. Yeah, well, Endemic, um, the mobile game, there's lots of humour, um, and, you know, they are... That they've got special plague types so you've got simian flu which is the official movie adaption of planet of the apes all oh, right the necrovirus which is oh look zombies and so they do things that way which yeah. are really quite cool so they've got a sense of humor these guys yeah yeah um, the the, the so cards yeah. are a bit like that yeah there's some event cards in there that that do really cool things and you can play those and they're they're quite thematic and uh, and, and there's what? a solo mode as well, so if you like one-player games, you can play the solo. Oh, fantastic. Uh, it doesn't take too long. It takes about 60 minutes. I think it took us a little bit longer when we played it because we were, we were a five-player and we'd got the expansion in as well. So yeah. it, it was probably about 90 minutes, I think, altogether. But there's, there's a deck of country cards, so it's kind of on a timer. So, you, you know, no matter how how long you're taking, it's going to run out, you know, when that deck runs out. So, so that's what I've been playing. So uh, our question of the week uh, this week is, get, uh, we're coming up to that time of year when families get together, uh, you have a big lunch, you sit in front of the TV, you watch James Bond, and then uh, somebody says, oh, shall we play Shall we play a game? <laughs> uh, so see, gaming with your family is the is theme of this one, which we've, we've uh, mentioned previously. Uh, so uh, it, it's, it's always a bit of a tricky one because... You know, you'll have people that you that you play games with on a regular basis, and obviously they're used to certain mechanics and certain ways of playing games and things like that. And then there'll be other people that play, you know, chase the ace once a year, and and that's pretty much it. So, if you if you have you got any plans to take some games with you and play games over the holidays with your with your extended family, or uh, will you just veg out after after lunch and just sit down and and have a sherry? <laughs> There'll be a certain amount of vegging out and having a sherry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've got um, several of my family are descending on Sheffield and gathering at my dad's house over the Christmas mm. period. And uh, apart from one person who is completely anti any games, uh, we're all really willing to play anything. I mean, um, my sister's coming up from Devon. Uh, she and her family are sort of sort of um they're not sort of serious gamers because they have far too busy lives with two kids and 20 yeah. animals dogs and cats and hamsters and things um but they do like playing games they uh they played lots of carcasson um my uh 10 year old niece is really really into hanabi gets very serious about it uh, but yeah. yeah, they'll be they'll be up, uh, and all my other brothers and sisters are willing to play anything. Um, we don't yeah. really have a sort of tradition of any, you know. Oh, right, it's one o'clock on a Christmas day. That means we get out Monopoly. We don't have anything like that. It's just um, <laughs> um, we just uh, it's just something to fill in the day. I, uh, they usually sort yeah. of rely on me to bring something interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so your your family kind of expecting yeah, expecting a couple of games. So. Are Probably. Um, yeah. Uh, nothing heavy, obviously. No. Uh, no. But uh, I think I've uh, last year we uh, got out code names, which has went down well. Had a had a game yeah. of Seven Wonders yeah. with a couple of the more gamery 
people. Oh, really? Yeah. I think I think probably if your family is kind of in that gaming environment, you you probably have family members who would be interested in that kind of yeah. thing. If you're into games, then probably you know you've got other family members who would be interested in that kind of thing. Like you said, probably not nothing too heavy, but sometimes you know you can play you can play bigger games as well. Like you said, Seven Wonders isn't exactly. It's not the most complicated, but it's not like a gateway game, is it? Where you can just teach it to. No, I mean, anyone who's not used to games will, will sort of glaze over a bit when you start explaining how the science cards work and things. Yeah. So, how, how did Seven Wonders go, go down then? Did, did everybody pick it up okay? Or uh, yeah, I mean, the first round, my brother-in-law, who is uh, one of the cleverest people I know, uh, has a PhD, is a academic in marine biology he said uh, a couple of cards in he was he was just saying i have absolutely no idea what is going on i'm just <laughs> putting down a card but by the end he, i mean a few cards later he'd, he'd he'd completely got it and he i think he ended up either winning or coming second so so he got it in the end yeah. um yeah yeah it went down all right so so you mentioned uh, a, a particular person or you know you might have people who Think it's sort of beneath them, or they don't really don't really want to play games. W- would you co- try and convince them? Would you try and say no? Do you, do you want to? You know, no. we've got this really simple game. This. It'll take ten minutes. Would you want to play it, or do you just leave them to, go, to no. do whatever they want to do? People can do whatever they want. No one's ever. <laughs> um, I mean, the worst thing to do would be to try. Um, so go on, go on, yeah. try yeah. it, go on. Yeah. I don't want to be a pucky person who forces people to do things they don't want yeah, to do. Yeah, I agree. A forced fun is the worst thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I struggle because I'm the most gamery type who is able to. Um, if I possibly in a number of years' time when my son's a bit older and my nieces are a bit older, my brother, who is also a bit of a get or would be a gamey type, but it's um, the fact that his eldest daughter's eight we've got to try and juggle games that they'd be happy to play as yeah. well. So it, it's knowing your audience, I think, is a key element. Yeah. And it's exactly yeah. what you were saying, Tom. You don't want to force someone into playing a game they don't want to. It's that forced fun. It's And it's all about making sure you've got the right games for the audience, which is why I've been, as I said earlier, curating the games that I've been trying to get because whilst there's things that I'd love to play, if they're going to be sat in a cupboard because no one's going to play them with me, then, you know, they're just pretty bits of cardboard at that point. So I want to have pretty bits of cardboard that get out of the box and get onto the table and I play. Um, my dad is now at the age of... a li- Whilst he could probably play the games, he's much more of the, oh, I'm not sure, oh, I think it's a bit complex. And I think he sells himself short for games that you could probably actually play, but just got, um, not got the confidence to try some things now. So, hmm. um, But we've got... We're mainly staying in Sheffield this um, Christmas because we're going to be packing and stuff, so don't have family coming up. But I've got a friend coming round and his family on Boxing Day. And so his son is only a few years older than mine. And so they can play games either with everyone else as a family and you've got a more appropriate skill set to each other to be kind of competing with or they could be playing games that they like to and adults we can play the more middle to heavyweight stuff and not kind of feel well the little ones are either going to get bored or not enjoy it as well so we've tried to intentionally have a combination of people where you can play games and everyone gets the enjoyment of the type of game they like to play. Yeah, that's a good point about uh, knowing your audience, I think. Um, especially if you've got like a, a mixed group, you might have some some children there and possibly older people as well. So it's it's tricky trying to get, pick a game, isn't it, that's kind of good for good for everybody, that yeah, everybody exactly. will, will enjoy. Yeah. Well, if somebody, so let's say somebody turns up with Monopoly under their arm, Yep. And says, right, I want to play this. Would you, or not necessarily Monopoly? <laughs> I kind of maybe picking on that game a little bit, but something, something that you don't like that you wouldn't usually play. Would you, would you give it a go? Would you play, would you play something that you've, you know, that's more mass market that you've not played before? That you, uh, to to an extent, you know, I've unfortunately played the mass market um, Lou game, which is you spin 
the toilet roll and <laughs> and then you have to flush the number of things that it says and if you're unlucky it squirts you in the face because my son thinks it is the best thing ever <laughs> you know so I, I have and will play those things i'm tempted to actually get our copy of monopoly um out of the cupboard to play it over christmas and then put it into a box um and because i think possibly with my son about to turn seven he might be able to start getting the hang of it, or at least with some help. I don't know, so I'm I'm going to give it a whirl just to see um, yeah. whether it's something that he'll enjoy. He's you know we've got my ancient copy of Ghost Castle. He loves that one, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I might give that one a whirl. There, there are some more physical games, aren't there? Like you say, the the, uh, the you know fun, funnier ones where. I'm thinking more like um, there's one called Sprout Head where you kind of have a, a Velcro hat and people throw sprouts at you and you try and catch them on your head. There's the horrible one where you put that mouth mouth guard thing in your in your mouth and it shows oh, off your teeth. Loads of those around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, the, there's those kind of games as well, isn't there? They're, they're not necessarily strategic or tactical. They're just kind of more amusing than anything else. Would you yeah. would you get involved if people you know turned up with those and started started saying let's play this? I think I'd. Str- uh, I, I think Tom's already said yes, hasn't he? <laughs> I game. wouldn't. I wouldn't absolutely refuse. <laughs> I, I wouldn't refuse, but I think yeah, I'd struggle if they turn up with the ones that involve dodging fake turds. <laughs> you know, I, I, a glorified water pistol I can cope with. Fake turd-based games is. But yes, I will pander to a six, seven-year-old. So yes, I probably would play them, but. Again, there's different levels of enjoyment factors, to be completely honest. Okay, so uh, we've had Christmas Day then. Um, you've played a few games with your with your extended family. They've all gone home happy. It's Boxing Day now. Um, you've got the day off work. You're not going to do anything. You're, you're at home with your, your, your close family, you know, your, your, uh, your partner and your, your son, as you say. It, that's some quiet time where you can kind of pick up a, like a, a two-player game or a three-player game that you've, that you've been meaning to try, would you? Uh, would, would you pick a game for, for that kind of time, for the more quiet, you know, away from the family kind of time? Yes. Um, I've been playing more miniatures games with my son, so my wife will sometimes like to be able to go and read, and so um, mm. we'd probably either be playing X-Wing or I've started to go... And with X-Wing, I've been going simple, just these are your basic pilot cards to give them the hang of it, or yeah. um, something like... Um, the Warhammer 40,000 kill team. And he likes it because um, I've been doing that um, so that he does some of the painting, just the painting whilst he's not brilliant. It's a good practice for um, hand control. And so I've been Mm. encouraging that with some of the cheaper models you can get um, and just go, well, actually, even if that's not brilliant, it's helping him with learning the, um, Mm. the fine motor skills of painting. But also he likes the all, all the miniatures and the terrain put out and it helps with his imagination and things like that so we've been playing um games like that as well as your board games i seem to remember last year um one of the days over the holidays paul and i spent a day just playing lots of games it's a good time to have when you've got these longer expanses of time just to get out some of the games where you don't normally have time to get it out in the week when you just have an evening yeah. like uh, I think we had a game of Feast for Odin last, last oh, Christmas yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's nice thematic as it takes well. up an entire table that's, the, that's a massive one isn't it loads yeah. of bits yeah. it's a great game very big yeah. takes a long time what, what about uh, traditional card games do you play like poker or chase the ace or anything oh, like well, that we've uh, yeah, in terms of um, sort of traditional family games, I think the games that our family um, has uh, got a history of playing, we've always had um, a game called Racing Demons, uh, which is multiplayer patience. So you're all, you've all got your own pack of cards, uh, and you're going through them and putting you know red queens on black kings and things but then when you get out a card you've got a a shared uh set of uh piles in the middle so if you've got a a, a 
two of spades and someone else has got a two of spades and an ace there and you're both racing to put it on the same pile <laughs> and um yeah as long as you cut your nails if i <laughs> there's been a few injuries. <laughs> uh but yeah it's um that's one that we've played all our lives with the family i well, think that's about it we've got we've played a bit of uh, the occasional bit of uh, pontoon yeah, yeah. Sh- shut up and sit down. Have done a series on oh, card have, games yes. that don't suck. So those. just using a, a standard pack of cards. Yeah, they're really good. And uh, Tom, Tom, uh, you mentioned yes. Skull earlier as one of the games that you've played. Um, you can play that with just a, a regular deck of cards. You just need one that's yeah. a different colour, don't you, or something that's you know that's well, slightly different. Really so you could play to do. Um, you can play you those can, kind of things. It effectively, you can say, well, you've got a deck of cards. You can play with thirteen people and go right. You're number four. Your number um, two, your number three, you're the kings or whatever, and say the heart is the skull or the spades are the skull or what have you. And so it's it's the same principle. You're putting something face down um, and everyone knows that the danger one is that particular suit of that number. So, yeah, I think it would work really well. How about you, Rick? Do you have any uh, traditional games that your your family has always played? But some of my family live away from Sheffield, so um, I'll be seeing my brother though on Christmas Day. We've been invited to his house for dinner, so um, I've been I've been slowly introducing games. Uh, I think last last year we played uh, Timeline. I took that with me. Uh, we played that, oh, and I have actually played with my sister in law Anomia. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that one. Um, basically, it's like a, some cards with some words written on. Uh, and the word might be, um, oh, I don't know, co- uh, country, for example. And y- they've got symbols on as well, and you're trying to match up when the symbols match. You're trying to say the other person's card before they say your card. So it's it, it's a really broad category of countries, but when you're on the spot and, and you know they're trying to think of something, you, you, you're trying to think of a country and nothing comes to your head. It's kind of one of those games. <laughs> so it's it, that's that's quite a good one. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll probably play a couple of two-player games with Tracy as well, my wife. So we'll, we'll probably break out Jaipur and maybe Ticket to Ride or something like that over the holidays as well. So looking forward to playing some of those. Yeah, um, I got Sense of Ghosts come through a couple of weeks ago. So my wife likes the cooperative game, so I was going to try that as a two-player co-op as well. Because mm. she also doesn't like playing against me. So the fact that it's a two-player but it's co-op as well, I think will really... Mm again help having games that we can both play together yeah i hope you don't mind losing quite a lot we <laughs> we played sensor ghost on the easier setting and it took like five or six games before we finally i will one. give her an advanced warning of that one that we may die okay a lot <laughs> yeah you may die a lot so. yeah Co- cooperative games are probably a good one to introduce to family members because that's something that's not not typically you know part of the standard sort of gaming um, you know that you'd usually see. Oh yes, pandemic uh, went down very well a couple of years ago when I. Yeah, yeah. Pe- that's a really novel, a really novel thing I think to show. You know, to show people if people are willing to sit down and play pandemic or one of the easy ones like Forbidden Desert or Forbidden Island or something like that. You've also yes. got the legendary games where you are kind of trying to be the best out of the group, but you are intention. You are playing as a team really and trying to work out get things sorted together. That one I found to be a bit divisive because sometimes I've got one friend who loves Legendary and wants to play it week in, week out. And whilst we love her, mm. sometimes you need a breather. Um, <laughs> you know, just sometimes it's like, can we just put Legendary to one side and and play something different? Not kind of, well, we're finished Marvel Legendary, let's go on to Alien Legendary Encounters or Firefly or what have you. It's like, no, just try something different, you know. So that that's the Marvel one. Is that the superhero one? The Mar- Marvel, you've got, Marvel is the, the big one because yeah. you've got your standard Legendary and then you've got so many different expansions that you can add all the different superheroes to. Um, but you do have, um, I think there's a Buffy Vampire Slayer version. You've got the Alien versions which has got um, an expansion to do aliens and things. You've got Predator. I've got oh, quite a few. Then, um, yeah. the, I've got the Firefly one, which the game plays okay. Unfortunately, a bit like Sense of Ghosts, from what someone's just stated, there are points where 
you pick up the wrong cards and you will just lose and just die. Um, but it it's nice. Unfortunately, the artwork and the card quality is horrendous. Um, so I'm going to stop talking about it now before <laughs> I really tear into it. Um, <laughs> I think the theme, uh, if you can find a theme that uh, people like, that'll probably tempt people into playing a, a, a quick game as well. So if people are into superheroes, there's a lot of good superhero games. If people are into, you know, movies or TV, like Firefly and Buffy and things like that, there's usually, you know, games that are really good that are, that are themed around that. And, it, you know, people are, are more willing to play it, possibly if they know the IP than, than you know, this abstract board yeah. game that, you know, somebody's brought in and you don't know anything about. It's a good, it's a good opener, isn't it? If uh, mm. if they, if they recognise the characters and the settings and things like that. Yeah, and and just tying the two things together, you've got the top trumps games, which if you know the IP, you go, oh, I have just picked up the Incredible Hulk for your top trumps. I'm going to go with strength, <laughs> not, or, or whatever. You can kind of use your IP to go. Well, actually, I know enough about this background that it helps you with a game like Top Trumps. So. Um, I've just got a couple of packs of the Marvel superheroes ones. Might venture into Harry Potter as my son's beginning. You know, I've read the first three books to him, and he's he likes them. Well, I had steam engines when I was young and airplanes, and so it didn't mean a damn thing to me what all these different steam trains were. Which, like, well, this is their tonnage. It's like I don't care their numbers. Yeah, I think I had the aeroplanes one. Yeah. But um, at least with the Marvel superheroes, we've got intelligence, strength, and speed. And you go, ah, or agility. It's like I've got Spider Man. Of course, he's going to be agile. Or I've got Mister Fantastic. <laughs> I know that he's a brain box. Those kinds of things. Yeah. It works. My uh, first adventure in board game design. Well, great game design was creating a top Trump Trumps game with my sister <laughs> when we were about seven or eight, I think. <laughs> we, we had uh, lots of different fictional spaceships. Uh, so you could compare the Enterprise with the Jupiter 2 from Lost in Space. <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter 2 was the worst ship in every single category. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was a memory that came back the other day. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, if you do find a really good game uh, that people really enjoy, it it it, it will you know linger in the memory, uh, and it might even become a tradition later on. So next year you might find people coming in saying, "Oh, remember that game we played last time? That was really good. Come and play, come and play that again." Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's a good it's a good uh, time to uh, yeah to to introduce people to these games and sort of show them show them what there is. Yeah, but then there are also the old traditional ones, which had nothing to do with the modern world gaming scene. Yeah, yeah. the the I think the game that is most likely to be played this Christmas, uh, pretty much hundred percent chance with my family, uh, is charades. Not just normal charades, but hybrid charades, which uh, has been uh, sold as a game called Monikers. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. No, where you do no. charades in three different. Well, it's not your odds. It's, it's, you've got three different uh, levels of the clues. So you've got a set of people. Uh, so we've got a. And we all spend uh, 10, 15 minutes before the game sort of all create, uh, writing names on bits of paper and putting them into a, a hat. Uh, and then it's split into teams. Pick a, pick a name out of the hat and you've got to get your team to get it. The first round is giving just telling them about it. Uh, so, you know, um, famous Frenchman, wore a hat, uh, he was a leader, he was the emperor, he was uh, 18... Uh, Napoleon, yes, well done. Um, and then the second round, you're only allowed to say three words. French, emperor, hat. And everyone says, Napoleon. Um, and then the third round is the charade round where you've only got to... You can't say anything, you've only got to do it just uh. so you act French and wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> How, I'm not going to ask how you. Uh, but by French then you know all the words in, that are in there, so yeah. I don't know how you act French. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretend you're holding a baguette. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, that's going to be played as it has been played um, every Christmas for, for during my entire life. So. <laughs> right. 
That sounds great. And as I say, it was, it was a shock when some when I saw some uh, to someone had actually made a, a pu- published this game, which we thought was just our family did this, uh, and then they they published it and sold it. <laughs> I should ask for a design credit on that game if I was you, Tom. Phone, phone them up. Phone the uh, publisher. <laughs> I'm not sure I could prove uh, <laughs> that I designed it. Okay, cool. Right. Well, thank you, uh, thank you both for joining me. It's been a pleasure talking to you both. You can find us on the internet. Uh, we are Sheffield Board Gamers. So we're on Facebook. We're on the forum, which is www.sheffieldboardgamers.com. We're on the uh, Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're, yeah, come and play some games with us if you probably not over the holidays. I think we're off now for a couple of weeks because it's going to be tricky to, to get a couple of game sessions penciled in. But we'll be back in the new year. And uh, thank you very much for listening. And we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Bye. Happy Christmas. And a Merry New Year.